Okay, hello everyone, how's it going? This is Azarin the Language Nerd here, I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode, which, for the first time perhaps ever, is being recorded on video as well. Typically my podcasts are audio only, but today I've got a video rolling. I haven't been making videos for quite some time, because life is all about momentum. What that means is, when you're in a good routine, it's easier to stay in that routine. When you fall out of the routine, when something breaks the good routine, it's much harder to get back into it. And in my case, for YouTube videos, I tried to launch a few projects which ultimately didn't go that well, or more specifically, I didn't execute those projects very well. I made a bunch of mistakes with them, and I wasn't feeling very good about YouTube overall, about my YouTube channel, my strategy with YouTube videos, so on and so forth. And so I stopped for a long time, really. But I also know myself, and that's important. It's important to know how to motivate yourself and how to make yourself do things. I know making videos is important. I know that people consume content and in video form on YouTube, for example. I know that doing that is something that has helped my business grow. People find my videos and they look into what I do and they hire me and my instructors for our services. So I can't just not make videos. So to make myself do it, what I decided to do is I brought in external accountability. External accountability when it comes to language learning, but other aspects of life too, is, is crucial for many. At least for me, it's crucial. For these videos, for example, I have someone who, uh, who is going through my, my long-form content, my podcast primarily, and she's chopping up the podcast into little two, three-minute segments so that I can post them on Instagram or TikTok or other social media platforms. And she told me, Azrin, your podcasts don't have videos. So should I just put a picture? Like, what should I do? And I realized, man, I need video. And so because now I have an external person who's working for me, who's saying, hey, a video would be a great idea. That's external motivation. It's that external pressure that, that gives me a kick in the pants or a kick in the butt or gives me that extra little push to do something that I know is important. So for language, for language learners, it's funny. It's not funny, but it is interesting that having that extra push, having someone maybe even multiple people, to give you that extra accountability outside of yourself, that's something to consider having. Especially if you're the type of person who is inconsistent, unhappily inconsistent with their language studies. I say unhappily inconsistent because some people are inconsistent, but they're okay with it. And that's, that's totally fine. But if you're not as consistent as you like and you find yourself falling on and off, on and off, on and off your studies, well, you may want to consider getting that external accountability. So where do you find it? Well, there's a couple options. I mean, I personally will recommend people to have a private tutor. Uh, that's a great option. I would even prefer if you hire a private tutor and you pay for a batch of lessons up front, because if you're paying one lesson at a time or two, three at a time, it doesn't really give you, it gives you some accountability, but not quite as much as if you paid for three, four months of lessons up front. You could even have something if you want a cheaper alternative. You may even sign up for like a group class because then you have other people in the class with you and that might be a form of accountability. That there's someone, your friend goes to the class, for example. You know, when I was learning uh, Mandarin in, uh, in Beijing, 
I had a friend who went to my classes, and sometimes when I didn't want to go, I went to class because the class was me and my friend, and I didn't want my friend to be alone. I like spending time with my friend anyway, and so that would be something that made me, made me be more consistent. You can also use language exchange partners. That's an option. You could use, there's, there's a lot of different options, but those are some of the main ones I would say. Hiring a tutor, group classes, language exchange partners, where you're helping them learn a language, they're helping you learn a language. Learning with other people is just something that can be very helpful because it can help, help bring that accountability in. So I hope that's helpful. Changing gears, I would like to talk about something that's been on my mind when it comes to language learning, and it's vocabulary. I get a lot of questions from people which basically ask something to the effect of, Azrin, I have a hard time remembering words. I keep forgetting words. They don't stick in my brain. Or maybe they'll say, oh, I have a bad memory. What do I do about this? And when I think about, whenever I get that question, I don't quite like the question. Well, that's not true. It's not that I don't like the question, but I feel like it's it's almost it's almost like it's not the right question. It's almost like when people ask, "Why why can't I remember words? I I'm, I have a bad memory with vocabulary. I keep forgetting words." It's almost like I just want to say, "Yeah, that's how I want to answer." When someone says, "Oh my God, I'm forgetting words and my memory's bad," I just want to go, "Hmm." That's literally all I want to say. The punchline behind that, my point is, well, when you're learning a language, you are going to forget words all the time. And I think it's important to realize that and accept that. The number of words that I have forgotten across the languages I speak is crazy. I couldn't even tell you how many times, millions of times across across the thousands of words that I know in different languages, like so many times I've forgotten words. And I'll repeat, I'll forget the same word over and over and over. There are still words. Here's a good example in French. Uh, the word, uh, die, uh, yes, d'ailleurs, d'ailleurs in French, I frequently, to this day, will have to go look it up. Like, wait, what does that mean again in English? And I know what it means. Like, I, st I do know but when I have to translate it, or sometimes if I want to use it, I'll be like, what's that? What's that word? I know that word. It doesn't, it hasn't, d'ailleurs has not fully stuck in my brain. And I've known French for, I've spoken French almost my whole life. And I've looked that word up in a dictionary probably 57 times uh, from the age of, I don't know, 20 to 30, something like that. Because it just escapes me for some reason. Now, that's an extreme example. You're not going to forget every word for 10 years over and over. That's not going to be, that's not something that'll happen with most words. But don't be surprised if you forget a word six times, four times, eight times. If you feel like you're continuously going back to it, you keep forgetting. That's actually a part of the process. And it's, it's very, it's normal. So when people say to me, well, I keep forgetting words. My memory is bad. What do I do? The first thing I always want to say is, well, you don't even, that's not anything to worry about. That's actually, yeah, me too, everyone, all of us, basically. With that said, there are certain things you can do to help boost your memory and to help you to remember words and phrases that you learn in another language. 
a lot faster. The first thing, and perhaps the most important thing to realize, is that if you actually want to remember a word or a phrase in a language, it's important that you learn it in such a way that it's memorable. That's important, to learn a word or phrase in such a way that was meaningful or memorable to you. Otherwise, you're not going to remember. Just having a word, I don't know paper, but let's just have, actually I do right here. Um, just having a word, like on a piece of paper or something, and looking at it and just reading it, seven times or something is not necessarily very memorable. It's not the best way to help you remember. <clears throat> just drinking some juice there for the audio people. Juice and water mixture. So learning in a way that is memorable is, is, is something that will help you remember. <laughs> so for example, I am, one language I'm learning is Gujarati. It's a language from India. I have a mid intermediate maybe upper approaching an upper intermediate level in the language something like that in certain ways i already have an upper intermediate but in other ways i don't and right now one thing i'm doing is i want to improve my food related vocabulary gujarati and indian languages as a whole they have a lot of food words that we don't ever use in english because the foods that they eat in india are not similar whatsoever to food that we eat, for instance, in Canada. So there's a number of vegetables or cooking terms or utensils and such that we don't even use in English. And I feel that my food vocabulary is lacking. So I've been learning about that. And, and the way I'm learning is that as I watch these recipe videos online with, sorry, I watch recipe videos on YouTube while I'm in an online class with my private teacher. And every time I hear a word that I don't understand, I hit pause and I say, what does that mean? She goes, that's what it means. I go, okay, we keep playing the video. I usually write the word down as well. We keep playing, we keep watching, and then I, we do the same thing with another recipe. So that's meaningful to me. I get to see how, my, how the food I eat regularly is made, because I don't actually know how most of it is made. So that's meaningful. So every time I eat these foods, it reminds me of the video and I can go, oh, yeah, 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 right. This food's got that spice in it. Oh, it's got that spice. Oh, yeah, you got to use this cooking method to make it. Oh, okay, cool. It jogs my memory. And because I'm watching a bunch of cooking videos, a lot of the cooking terms are used again in other videos. So that's a form of repetition. So it's meaningful and repetitive. It's both meaningful and repetitive because I'm watching different videos. But the cool thing is it's not so repetitive that it's boring because we're watching different videos. And I kind of want to watch the recipe videos. So I found a way to make learning, I found a way to make learning cooking vocabulary memorable and meaningful to me. So that's something that you have to think about for yourself as well is, okay, hmm, how do I, or rather you, how do you want to go about learning new words? How can you make it more memorable? What could you do? Unfortunately, there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer because every single one of you watching or listening to this podcast video slash audio, you perhaps, you're all learning, uh, you're all learning differently. You're not learning the same way. And so everyone's going to have a different answer for how to make it memorable. Maybe I can give you a few things that hopefully apply to, to the majority of you. The first thing you may want to do, you, the first thing you can do is you can incorporate other people into your language learning process. 
when you learn with someone else, whether it be from a teacher, like a private tutor or something like that, I would even go private tutor more than a group class. But if you learn with a private tutor, for example, that you're really interacting with and you're trying to talk to them, that's more meaningful than you sitting at home, perhaps playing on an app. Perhaps, depends on what app you're using and how you're doing it, but highly likely that a private lesson is going to be more memorable because you're talking to someone really trying to interact than just sitting alone, highly likely. Or something else you may want to consider is uh, doing something, do actually doing something that makes you use the words you're learning. So you might go label your house, right? So you actually take papers out and label it, write them down on sticky notes and put stickies all over your house to label things. Or when you're learning uh, verbs, you might actually do the verb. You might make flashcards at home and then flip it up and go, what is that? Oh, that verb means this. And actually, if it's dance, you actually go dance and do dance moves or something, right? You actually do it. That might be something that makes it more meaningful, more memorable. And repetition can help too, but not so much as rereading something or rewriting it, although that can help to an extent. Um, so a little bit of that's not bad but making a little bit of repetition in an interesting way. So one of my favorite ways to get repetition is to consume either the same genre of content and or the same person. So let's say, like I said for my cooking videos, I'm watching only cooking videos right now. So I keep hearing a lot of similar words. If I wanted to go in a dip, in an even deeper way, I could watch cooking videos from the same YouTube channel because people have certain words they keep using over and over. And so when you watch the same person over and over, you get used to how they speak. And so the words they use get ingrained into your mind. So that's a go-to strategy that I have. These are a few options of how you can make learning vocabulary more memorable, uh, more memorable and more meaningful, which therefore makes it easier to remember. Uh, remember the new words that you are learning. Um. I, want, I have a, one more thing I'd like to talk about today and we can wrap it up. I'll try and do it in about five, four, five, four, five minutes here. It has nothing to do with language learning. You guys know, especially the podcast listeners, because I make a lot of podcasts, not as many YouTube videos. But, um, but at any rate, I, you guys know that at the end of my podcast, I like to th throw some things in that are just personal updates, personal things that I've learned. And so here's a big one for me. In fact, I've taken some notes on this. So I'm going to make sure I get these open in front of me because this is a new idea for me. So I'm going to try my best to explain this. So I, uh, you guys know I meditate frequently. And one of the messages that came that I realized through my meditation was that we all have a value structure, whether it's conscious or unconscious. What that means is we all follow certain rules of how we should live. Now, they may be conscious rules that you've set. I wake up at this time, then I do my workout, then I do this, and that's wonderful. Or, and many, many of them are unconscious too. So the things that you just do, and you don't know why you do them, but you do them and you believe they're right at some unconscious level, and off you go. So this is obviously how all of us behave, and that's how life works. However, every single one of our value structures, I don't know if that's the right word, but the rules, conscious or unconscious, the unconscious or conscious rules we follow, it's flawed. That system of rules is always flawed. No one follows a perfect system of rules. No one lives perfectly, of course. And so 
That means that every single one of us, myself included, you two, all of us, are doing a bunch of things wrong, and we don't even always know what we're doing wrong. We have the known things we know we're doing that maybe are wrong, and then we have unknown things. And the funny thing is, even the things that you think you're doing wrong might not even be wrong. That's the crazy thing. You might think this is wrong, something, something you're doing or not doing. And the funny thing is, it might not even be wrong. You just might be wrong about it, which is just crazy. Isn't it funny to believe that the way you function in the world might be 90% wrong? Maybe. Or maybe there's a way better way to do things that you don't even know about. And that's, through my meditation, I realized that. The initial messaging I realized in my meditation was, I need to let go of all my rules that I have for myself. Which sounds crazy. You're like, let go of all the things you live by? Like, what? And the reason is because you have to let things go and do things you wouldn't typically do, stretch your comfort zone. And then you start to figure out, oh, right, this is the right thing to do. Oh, this is actually better than what I used to do. So, for example, I took some notes here, as I said. So, for example, I uh, one day I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like I, I want to do 100 push-ups. Mind you, I, I, I am active, but I can't do 100 push-ups. I can do I can do 20, basically. Okay, I can do basically 20 push-ups. I might have to take a break. Like I can do like 12 and then stop and then do eight or, but 20 is kind of what I'll do. But one day I was like, I'm going to do 100 push-ups. And I did it with breaks. My arms were dead, but I couldn't believe it. Like the thought, when I had the thought, like, I want to do 100 push-ups. It was just a random thought. I thought that would that would be something I'd never do. I don't even know if I can do it but I'm going to sit in this room until I get them done. And I did a hundred. I couldn't believe it. My arms were dead. My shoulders were dead for like days, but I did it. And then I learned, wow, my previous belief around what I could do physically was way off. Cause if you'd ask me, can you do a hundred pushups? I'd be like, no, I got to build my way up to that. Turns out I can. So that was something that showed me, right, right. There's, I'm able to do way more than I think I'm able to do. That's interesting. So I guess all I'm trying to say here, like what I've realized recently, I just go to this next page here. Um, <clears throat> what I've realized recently is that A, you have to, at least for me, one thing I'm focusing on is challenging my beliefs and doing things that I typically wouldn't do just to see what would happen. I woke up earlier one day just to see what would happen. I, I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep enough on purpose to see what would happen. What does it feel like? I uh, I uh, switched up some of my routines to see what it's like. I've challenged. I've thought about things that I thought were wrong and thought about them to think, are they wrong? And I realized maybe they're not wrong. Huh, that's interesting. And the thing I've learned, I'll read it to you here from my, from my, from my, from my, my notebook. I wrote to myself. You aren't who you think you are. Not crazy. You aren't who you think you are. You're actually way better. <laughs> and an almost unrecognizably different person than who you think you are. You think you're a certain person, but there's so much more that you're capable of that you haven't tapped into, that you just haven't explored, that there's so much, right? And I wrote down here, it's a funny sentence. It's a really funny sentence. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make sense to you. It makes sense to me. It's like, stop being a 
stop being a bear with a buffalo, or sorry, stop being a bear with a bull's head. You guys, if you know on the podcast, I've talked about my uh, video people, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but over time, you'll get to know, you'll catch up with the podcast audio people. Um, I do these visual meditations where I will visualize different things. I'll let my subconscious take the wheel and I'll see what pictures pop in my mind, what visuals come up. And I'll analyze it after to figure out what it means. So I had this visual meditation of a bull with the, uh, sorry, a bear with the bull's head, which just looks weird. You got to admit, that's a weird image. At least it is for me. And I thought that's just messed up. And I was talking to this bull bear thing in my head. And they're like, well, yeah, like bull heads don't belong on bear bodies. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing I learned is right. That's weird. Like that's like my head is like a bull. And I'm thinking like a bull, but I have a bear's body. It doesn't make any sense. And I was like, right. There's a lot of things I do that just don't make any sense. They're wrong. And so I've been challenging those. So in summary, we all have value structures. We all have rules that we follow unconscious and consciously and unconsciously. Many of them serve us well and many of them are good and many of them are just not and so breaking out of what you do and doing something completely different on purpose that you would never typically do just to see what happens and see what that's like, I think it's, uh, at least for me, it's been very rewarding over the past, uh, over the past, uh, I'd say about a week and a half. So anyway, let's wrap this, uh, let's wrap this podcast up here. Video people, thank you for watching. Audio people, thank you for listening. And we'll chat soon. Bye.